another episode of Behind the Seas with Colin, your regularly scheduled host, and myself, his wife, Christine. I'm also recording this for Instagram, uh, an IGTV video, so anyone who is watching this, that way you're getting the full experience. We do sometimes cut out little awkward pauses and things like that, but if you're watching this that way, you will get to see any little awkward pauses and behind-the-scenes moments, so that'll be fun. Welcome, Colin. Thank you for having me on my own show. It's always nice, but <laughs> we are also doing this outside because we had a conversation today about how we never see people outside and even ourselves, we could be better about being outside. It's about 85 and sunny today here in Charlotte, but very low humidity, so we are taking full advantage. So if you hear a lawnmower, if you hear a dog barking, if you hear the birds chirping, it's because we are literally outside and we encourage you to get outside and listen to this episode. It's true. We do both love to spend time outside, but I think could each put a little bit more of an emphasis on it. And I know it makes me sad when we go for long walks around our neighborhood and I don't see very many people outside at all, especially when we live in such a beautiful place. All right, so we have a good amount of things to discuss this week. Just wanted to provide kind of a general update on where we're at with Stella Prep um, as far as bringing a child into the world next month. This may be the last update that you get from us before then as far as podcast episodes go. We'll see. Depends on when she comes and how it goes when she does come. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now. And truly, I think the last thing that we need is to put any more white guilt and white fragility out into the world talking about how this is affecting all of us and how upset we are. We're just going to focus on what we have been doing and what we will continue to do and ways that we'll hold ourselves and our community accountable to make the world a better place moving forward. All right, so we could start on the Stella prep. So her nursery is pretty much almost complete at this point. Last weekend, my in-laws came into town and we did a large shopping spree in Target to make sure we are covered off on pretty much everything that she will need. I know I personally would buy every single thing in Target and think nothing of it. Like the place just makes me so happy and I love everything they sell. I specifically bought lots of unicorn things. I fell prey to anything that sparkled or had a unicorn on it. And I don't know, I guess I just hope Stella likes that. <laughs> yeah, so you basically bought what you like and are going to just force her to, to like those type of things. Well, she's not exactly here or able to communicate with me about what she likes so she has to kind of go with what I like at this yes. point so when she when she gets all the glitter stuff and the unicorn stuff but then when I want to get her something with the Yankees or with Penn State it's just like only one only one like we can't overdo it well yeah <laughs> that's because the same way that I welcomed you to your own show we know who is in charge here uh, okay <laughs> So while I was out doing that shopping spree, making sure we're covered off on everything, um, Colin was home having fun putting together Stella's dresser, which might be one of the nicest pieces of furniture in our entire house. Because when we buy things, I tend to buy like on the trendier side, which means I don't care to invest that heavily in it because I'm not necessarily looking for a piece of furniture that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. I'm just looking for something that looks good now. And honestly, like, 
is on the cheaper side. So Stella, we actually bought a wood dresser. And by we, I mean my in-laws. My in-laws generously gifted her a real wood dresser. And she has a real wood crib. And basically all the nicest furniture in the house is definitely in her room. Yeah, and that dresser took about three and a half hours to put together. That was by far the longest thing that that we put together. The dresser, bookshelf, crib, rocking chair. What else is in there that we put together? I think those are all the furniture pieces. Yeah. We did have to like hang things on the wall, but that's not that complicated. Yeah. Strollers, put those together. Getting the car seat in the car. Mm -hmm. That was a little more complicated. Even though they make it basically idiot-proof, it (laughs) was like... It wasn't idiot-proof enough for us, I guess, because it took us more than one try (laughs) to get it in there, right? And technically, we still have to go bring it to one of those places that checks on the um, car seat safety to see that we installed it right. Yeah, and we're not even sure if we're going to be able to do that because as of the time we took the class where they told us to go get that checked, they weren't open yet, and that was roughly about a month ago. So things have changed here in North Carolina, but never know what's open these days and what's not and technically we are on phase two of reopening but if anyone has been watching the news north and south carolina are doing pretty terrible on the covid front we have had a lot like a a big surge in cases i think we just had our highest number of hospitalizations in one day ever due to covid so I don't know what that means as far as things being open. I don't know if this is going to send us into regression. And for those who don't know who are listening from outside of Charlotte, um, it's in North Carolina, but it's on the border of South Carolina. So that's why it's important to look at kind of both of those metrics because it's literally on the border and lots of people come in from South Carolina too. Yeah, definitely a little scary uh, knowing that we were at a good point and we opened up and now we're not really sure and it's it's scary from the birth perspective like what to expect in the hospital and how strict things are going to be we we don't really know it just depends on when you go into labor and what the outlook looks like obviously but even just in general like it's really it's it's tough because you want to get back to some type of normalcy but we had a long discussion about this yesterday too that it might have just been better to to say that we needed to punt on you know six months out of the year and, and set that expectations for everybody versus you know i mean we had the president at one point saying we were going to open up after three weeks and that i feel like from that point we just really we really lost all the the momentum that we had for people to just take a break and and just understand that if you just and, and i'm not saying that this would have stopped everything necessarily that that was your counter yesterday but if you just if you're just gonna say like six months and, and then evaluate and see what happens versus what the two and a half months maybe i don't even know if we were two and a half months here in north carolina but and, and you know now there's a potential that we're gonna have to go back into phase one or, or something like that and it's like how do you want to keep doing that for two years or would you have just been better off served to like hunting on four to six months and, and just knowing that you weren't going to have that time versus now we we just don't know and especially well, until there's a, a what do you call a vaccine for for it all well would you have known even if we did take that four to six months as i think the argument and 
I personally don't want to like give advice on what we should have done only because I don't fully understand things and it's clear that the people making the decisions don't fully understand things and that's why decisions like this come into play and it's a little bit like what we discussed yesterday while people are experts in things everyone is just figuring it out as they go along and I sometimes need to remind myself that like that's the case even with someone who's making a really high-powered decision like that there's still there's no handbook on how to do this there's no handbook on how to do like a lot of really complicated things and this is one of them and I think we're going through the best as we can there's lots of things that could have been done better but at the end of the day I don't know what the solution is so I'm just gonna ride out with what's been see this doled out this is where this is where we'll have to agree to disagree because I I just don't believe that we've done the best that we can I, I believe there are a lot of areas where we as as a country and as a society have not even put in half the effort and i mean that's you were t- fair. that's you actually were t- a good point and you were you were talking about the story yesterday like even though even though we're in what well, we're in phase two right uh in north yeah. carolina now and uh somebody went around one of the local newspapers and went around yesterday and i, I said i don't know how many people, people didn't it was, wear masks but, like only like found four, four people, people were yeah, wearing masks like, in south end which is like a super busy area full of young people but it's also I mean, that was one of the biggest mistakes that we made early on was we really pushed people to not wear masks and said that it didn't work. And then now we're coming out with all this stuff saying, like, masks work, like, make sure you're wearing a mask in public. Okay, well, you're definitely going to lose people's trust because even though you didn't know or if you were, like, putting that out there just to try and make sure that there were masks available for the people who needed them in the hospitals, like, that's still... You're going to breed a lot of mistrust and people are going to not want to follow the directions when that's the case also wearing a mask is like kind of a pain so anything we talked about this yesterday too like anything that has slight friction people are going to be like resistant to doing it and obviously there's a large group of people out there right now who complain about wearing masks don't want to do it they tend to be the same people who like wanted things to be open for their haircuts and all that but it's neither here nor there i don't want to go down a whole covid rabbit hole but yeah yeah, let's go back. That's to where sell. we're at. Yeah. <laughs> um, something that you said in there actually brought it back to, oh, yeah, like what the birth process is going to be like. We did get more of our hospital bag packed. So a couple of interesting tidbits for people who don't know that much about um, labor and delivery, which I didn't until obviously I'm going to be going through it. You can be in labor for a really long time. Like I have a friend who was in labor. Shout out to Rachel. She's been on the podcast before. She was in labor for 38 hours. So that's obviously quite a long time to be doing something very uncomfortable. But you also don't like eat during labor. So I don't recall if it was past a certain point that you can't eat anymore. But basically the risk is that if you have a C-section, you could asphyxiate. So they don't want anything in your stomach. But... Like, if you're in labor for 38 hours and that's a really, like, birth is an athletic event, that's a long time to go without eating anything. So, that was, like, a slight concern of mine, but also, like, you're in a ton of pain, are you really going to want to eat anything? I don't know. They did say that it can be nice to have things like lollipops, popsicles, um, clear drinks, so we picked up stuff specifically that I can have in the labor room, like blow pops, tootsie pops, um some Gatorade Frost because that is the ultimate Gatorade. I don't know why they make any other kind, but that's what we're packing for me in case I need anything. I think hospitals provide the popsicles, so mm-hmm. um, obviously that would be kind of hard for us to pack, so 
Although they did tell us to bring a cooler because more more for me I I think than anything else. Although so the hospitals around here, like the hospital we're going to has a Panera in it, but it just recently reopened and again who knows if things you know really do regress and they continue to trend in the negative direction that they are right now. We might go back to, to the way that it was where there was nothing open, they weren't really they're not letting the spouse or the significant other out of the hospital once you go in. You're you're kinda stuck in there. So but in addition to those things that Christine mentioned, quest bars and just uh, uncrustable PBJs, frozen ones. So we we will be bringing a cooler most likely, no matter what, because even even if you know, things kind of even out, we're we're still not going to be totally out of it. And and it doesn't seem like the hospital. And I'm not really that comfortable going in and out. And I just in general want to be there. So it's really I don't know that um, people are accustomed to bringing coolers in when they are giving birth but that is definitely something that we've had to do so we got like a little list of what we need to put in the cooler what we need to put in our hospital bags just everything all set up because some of that stuff we can pack ahead of time some of it like phone chargers and deodorant and things like that we're not gonna pack ahead of time so it's instead of being in a in a flustered state when Christine goes into labor for me it's just easier to have the list so I can easily access it know what I need to grab what's not already in there pack it real quick and and just move on from there and be able to help support her through the labor process but it's it's all coming pretty fast but it's all coming I think together pretty nicely too like I feel like we're in a really good spot for her when she gets here we're both probably as confident and as ready as we can be and we have everything set up as much as I think we can have it set up and we can post pictures and show everybody Stella's room which is now like Christine said probably the nicest room in (laughs) the entire house but it's all coming together it's all coming quickly although I think if you asked either one of us both of us would like to be on the other end at this point like we're we're just ready (laughs) yeah oh that reminds me before we move completely off the topic of what is in the cooler, the most important thing that's coming in that cooler is actually Jalapeno Pal Ale from <laughs> Birdsong Brewery, which is the local brewery. It is one of my favorite beers, and I want a beer after labor. What I really want is like a craft cocktail, spicy marg, but I, you know, you got to work with what you can get. And this is probably my favorite portable drink that I could have. So we're bringing that in. Is it legal to drink alcohol in the hospital? I have no idea. Will I be told that I can't drink it? I will not be told that. So I will be having that beer afterwards. For all of you that know Christine, you know, she's a big talker. She will be immediately so embarrassed That's that true. somebody <laughs> yells at her. She'll be like, oh, oh my, here. Ah. Yeah. It was his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't like to be yelled at, but I really would like to enjoy that beer. Okay, so that's that. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on Stella-wise was just that we got the snoo. We will be providing some more thoughts on how it works after she's actually sleeping in it. But just a quick recap for people who don't know what this is. It's a pricey bassinet that the baby sleeps in for six months. Um, and it auto rocks when it hears the child crying. So it has like different rocking settings and it will basically like rock harder and increase the white noise. 
based on if how much the baby's fussing. So I have a few friends who have used it and said that they have really good sleepers. They're not sure if their kids just were really good sleepers and they happened to get the snoo or if the snoo helped transition their kids into being really good sleepers. Either way, seems like a good idea to me. I'm willing to give it a shot. And um, there are certain populations who can get it at a discounted rate. There's lots of sales that go on, but um, nurses and doctors can get 40% off. So shout out to my good friend, Kate. She hooked it up by helping me with the 40% off discount because she is a nurse. And shout out to my friend, Amanda, who was the one who pointed out that Kate could do that. So we will provide our thoughts on how well that works or not. We opted to buy it. You could buy it or rent it. Um, because my thought process was if we have any more kids, we'll use it for them too. And in between we can either rent it out or like if any of our family members have kids, um, then they can use it in that time. We, we plan on getting our investment out of it. All right. I think that covers the Stella front. So let's just talk, spend a few minutes talking about, you know, ways that we are trying to educate ourselves better, make the world a better place and hold ourselves accountable. I wanted to start by saying one of the first things, one of the reasons that we moved was in general to diversify our experience and learn more about the world and, and like different cultures and just get exposure to something that was not central New York. Um, when we started looking for a house down here, I specifically remember touring neighborhoods and saying, I cannot move here. This is literally white peopleville. I don't want to just be in an echo chamber of like people who are just like us. I want to live somewhere where my child, future children, will have exposure to lots of different kinds of people, um, especially because I grew up in a hometown of 96% white people. Look it up, it's on Wikipedia. So I know that I was just ready to be like, okay, you need to learn these things from a younger age and like understand that there's different types of people out there. Um, so that was really important to me and we ended up in a neighborhood where there are lots of different people from lots of different walks of life. So I'm very happy that we like remained accountable with that. Do you want to share anything that you were doing before? I think your podcast guests kind of speak to that a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as you talked about, I think just whether it's because of my HR background or um, I was I was exposed, I think, a little bit more to, to everything. Um, when, when I was younger, we had, you know, a lot of a lot of different races, a lot of different nationalities, religions, different things like that in my, just even in my elementary school, but then all the way through high school. I mean, I graduated with 600-something kids. I think we started out with like a 1,000 kids in my class, so it gives you kind of an idea of probably what happened between elementary school and, and uh, the end of high school there. But so I think it's something I, I was exposed to. And then, and then again, even playing sports and growing up watching sports it was you know the the type of environment that we were hoping to be a part of and trying to cultivate maybe even I've always myself personally just been I think a little bit more involved in that already and and um even I don't want to say like okay with it it was just it was just like life like I, I never really thought anything of it like when when you told I think you said that there was like you know one black kid or something in your high school like I I just laughed because that was not my experience there's one up. half black family yeah yeah so 
regardless, it it just was not my experience growing up. And um, I'm not saying that I was perfect or imperfect in in what I could be doing better. And I think that's the point of this all. But it, it was important, I think, for us to reflect and know that we had some of the stepping stones in, in place um, that we knew what we wanted to do, we we knew where we wanted to be, and I do that type of stuff in, in my work as well, and, and I'm very purposeful about it, not just on the podcast, but the people that I work with, the people that I interact with as well. I'm a white male, so you know I'm I'm the majority of the problem <laughs> out there, and, and I've had this conversation before, and you've probably heard me talk about it on my podcast even before things you know, picked up a little bit over the course of the past three weeks or so, that I, I never wanted this platform just to be an extension of that. Yes, I am a white male. Yes, I am a host. But that's why I give voice and I give the platform to so many other people, mainly women. Um, but it, it's it's important now, I, I think more than ever before, to, to really... You know, take time and reflect and say, are you doing everything that you can? You as an individual, are, are you doing everything that you can? Are you calling out family members when, when they say that at the Thanksgiving dinner? Are you just letting it happen? I think for so long that, you know, myself included, we it, it's just so easy for us because we don't have to. But it's, it's a really interesting time. And um, I've just listened and, and watched uh, so many different things, I, I think, one of the, the more interesting things, and then I can hand it back to Christine, is a, a conversation on R2C2, which is a, a podcast with CeCe Sabathia, used to be a pitcher for the Yankees, and uh, Ryan Rucco, who's an analyst for the Yankees, and they brought on four other former major leaguers, and one of the major leaguers, Cameron Maven, who also played for the Yankees in the past, was talking about it as a black man himself, how he had to re-educate himself since this incident with George Floyd and everything's really picked up and he's learning his constitutional rights and what this this all means for him as a black person and that was a really interesting perspective I, I never really thought of it in that way as well and it was just really interesting to hear that and then to hear CC Sabathia talk about his his oldest son is 16 years old and he's like yeah it's not just about teaching him how to drive it's about what to do if you're pulled over how not to get you know shot and killed by by the police how how to navigate through that like he he said it he's like i shouldn't even be fucking having this conversation with my son like he's pissed off about it and rightfully so and and so i think there's a lot of really good discussion and i think to many people who um have made this point i'm I'm not the first person to point this out i think our generation even the generation after us is is a little bit different than than in the past and, and we're more willing to have these difficult conversations and really push the envelope and I think you're seeing that in the response to everything and I do hope that it, it changes what this society is like because it, it's just heartbreaking to think that we live in in the same type of environment that it was in 1968 when Martin Luther King was assassinated or that you know maybe we're like a step or two better than we were in in the 1800s but I mean, just really, really not where we should be. And I think that a lot of it has to do with this this racism that's really prevalent in, in this world and especially in this country. And, and I think that if you don't believe that and if you don't believe that you're part of the problem, then then <laughs> you really need to, to step back and, and probably reevaluate some things. So, um, and that 
that gives a good introduction to kind of like educating yourself that I wanted to talk about yeah. because I think part of why people don't see this as that big of a problem or haven't for a long time is because people's views and thoughts of racism were like the very direct things that are obviously racism like using the n-word just very like overt racism where there's a lot more insidious systemic racism that people have just been ignoring for a long time and benefiting from from a long time and that's where I want to focus is on like understanding all of that and trying to change those systems to put everyone in a better place so and put, put us on more equal footing so I know that my library is not the only one doing this but the Charlotte Mecklenburg library has put um, lots of anti-racism books on um, like available for free obviously the library is always free but usually you would have to like wait for an ebook to arrive um, like wait for the 17 people who had already downloaded it to like return it and then you'd be on the list and get it they've eliminated the list process so anyone can just download these um so i've downloaded right white fragility and how to be an anti-racist so hopefully those will help in the education process so that i can better learn what to do because i want to use my voice and i want to use it in a way that is has the right impact not just the right intention um so that's one way that I know I'll be educating myself and then trying to bring that into the family. Um, I plan on mixing up the kinds of books that Stella will be reading, making sure that she's educated on the subject as well. Um, we're sending her to a daycare where she's not going to be surrounded by a bunch of white children who look exactly like her. In fact, pretty much the opposite. So hopefully she'll get lots of exposure to lots of different kinds of people from a very young age and learn that um, everyone should be treated equally in that way. We've also committed to when people say things in our presence that are overtly racist, having that conversation. I know there are people in my own family who I've already had conversations with and can continue to have conversations with. Um, some of them, I probably won't get very far, but here we are. The effort's there. Yep. And that's pretty much where we're focused now. Oh, the other thing that we're doing is like, I have a list of black owned businesses that I'm making an extra effort to go out and support. So, um, we always supported two scoops. We went there all the time. It's a black owned ice cream shop in Charlotte. I take my money. I will give them all my money anyway. Um, but just making an effort to go there. Um, there's a few restaurants that are on a list that I just have that I want to go to, like stats is nearby us. Um, pop bar is a gelato on a stick bar. Um, all black owned businesses that I want to give my money to vote with my dollars. And then, um, I bought a necklace from worthy and badass, which is a, um, black owned little art business here in Charlotte, which I think is really cool. Uh, and then on the front of giving money to where it matters, where I don't necessarily benefit from it. Um, I know I have made donations to businesses that not businesses, but organizations that have already been out there doing the right thing and are educated and know what to do instead of trying to reinvent the wheel myself. So, And the, um, the class, too, that, that you took. Oh, yeah. I took yeah. a class here uh, in Charlotte. It was a virtual class. It was taught by Rebby, uh, who is a yoga teacher, yoga teacher down here. It was about 
race and gender bias. Rebby's pronouns are they, them, theirs. Um, so it was interesting to hear about both the gender perspective and the race perspective from Rebby. And we had white accountability groups after that where we met in smaller groups and talked about the ways that we're going to hold each other accountable. And I made some good connections from that that I will hopefully continue to learn from. And Colin sat in on that with me too. So, yep, yep, a lot of, a lot of really good listening and learning with that, and uh, just as much as we can, like we talked about earlier, and and I think that it's very easy to look at the coronavirus, the pandemic. It's very easy to look at this uh, anti-racism movement and and see the negatives, and um, I I just don't believe in that yeah. <laughs> and I and I think that there's so much good that can come from both and I and I hope that the conversation that we've had today and are sharing with you on this platform will inspire you to see things maybe from a different point of view than you had prior to listening to this and we'd love to you know, talk more to individuals groups anybody that wants to reach out definitely we always extend that offer but even more so until Stella comes, we, we still have the time, and uh, even after Stella comes, we, we will make time. It might not be as much time in the beginning, but eventually we'll get back to some sense of normalcy in our own life. But I think yeah. that uh, we, we really wanted to have this conversation because this is probably going to be the, the last podcast that Christine and I do until maybe September or so, sometime in the, in the fall, and uh, we just really felt that we should put ourselves out there, just be a little bit more vulnerable. Like we're not, like she said earlier, we're recording this on video. I'm not really going to edit this. This is just raw and, and what our thoughts are and how we're talking. If we were just have a conversation like we do all the time on our walks or when we're hanging out at the pool or hanging out on the deck, like we are right now. So yeah, uh, hopefully that provided a little bit of insight and maybe motivation to, like I said, just see things from, a more positive standpoint and not feel like that you have to be all rainbow and sunshine all the time like that you can you can have purpose you can have motivation you can be serious about things but also look at it in a more positive light than i think some people have been to this point yeah and just want to reiterate that the goal of that conversation wasn't to like point fingers at us like wow look at all these great things we're doing or anything like that I by no means think we're doing anything that revolutionary I just (laughs) wanted to discuss so that people who like follow us and listen to us would maybe get some ideas of their own um, because I know it's important that white people use their platform in at this time even if I don't always know exactly what the right thing is to do or say so that's that we're we're learning just like everyone else yep all right and it's really hot out here so i'm thinking it's time for us to wrap this thing up uh so we've lost the shade (laughs) yes we have lost the shade the sun has crept up into us um if you're watching on video you'll probably see that so on monday you can tune in colin will have a regularly scheduled guest episode and yeah we'll see if you hear from me again for a little while i guess if we do any of these All right. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take it easy.